It's good to see you all. This morning we're starting a new series of lessons on the minor prophets. Um, they're called the minor prophets uh, because the length of the books are short, not because of the content. And there are 12 uh, prophets in the Old Testament that we call the minor prophet books. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And so we're going to have a sermon on each of these. Uh, we don't hear a lot of sermons, uh, at least I haven't, on the minor prophets. We tend to focus more on the historical books, it seems, when we're preaching out of the Old Testament. <clears throat> but the minor prophets contain the words of God that he said and the things that he thought during these events that happened in the Old Testament, during this, the writings of the books that we normally teach about. And that's an important thing. We should want to know what God said and his perspective on these things. And so it's good to study these. It's, uh, there's a common theme that runs between all of these prophets. And that is that God is bringing devastating destruction on people who have turned away from him. And he is going to save, however, those people who turn their hearts back to God. And this morning, today we're going to start by talking about the book of Hosea. The prophet Hosea, about 950 years before Christ, King Solomon, the king of Israel, died. And so his son, Rehoboam, took over the kingdom. And Rehoboam, he imposed such harsh taxes and burdens on the people of Israel that the kingdom revolted. The people rebelled and they divided the kingdom into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And Hosea, the book of Hosea was written about 200 years after this happened. Hosea was the only prophet who was born and raised in the northern kingdom of Israel. So he understood those people very well. And this is God's mainly prophesying. He's speaking to these people at this time. This was a time of great prosperity for Israel. They were wealthy and they had a lot of things. But it was also a time of great spiritual corruption and wickedness in Israel. And the first three chapters of Hosea deal mainly with Hosea's life, things that happened to him in his life. And then the rest of the book is what, what he is preaching to Israel, the things that God said to him 
the things that he the message he has for Israel. And the book begins with God telling Hosea to go and find a harlot, a prostitute, and marry her. Now, why would God tell this righteous man, this good servant of his, to marry someone like that? You know, this could not be good for his reputation. What will his friends and his family think if he did something like this? Why would God tell him to do that? Well, maybe because at the time, as it turns out, God himself was in a way married to a harlot, a spiritual prostitute in the form of the people of Israel. And maybe he wanted Hosea to understand what that was like so he could explain, so he could show the people of Israel what they were doing to God. Well, Hosea, being a faithful servant of God, did what he was told. He went out and found this prostitute named Gomer, and he married her. They became husband and wife. And after some time, she bore him a son. And God told him to name this son Jezreel. Because God said he was going to end the wicked reign of the king of Israel, King Ahab and Jezebel, this wicked family. He's going to end their reign in the valley of Jezreel. And that's exactly what happened about 40 years later. And then Gober conceived again, and she bore a daughter this time. And God said to name her Lo-Ramah, which translates not loved. Now can you imagine if your parents named you not loved? Wow. Why would God have her named that. It says, because God said he was going to destroy the kingdom of Israel, but Jerusalem would be saved. That's why it says he had her named that. And this too also happened about 150 years later. Then finally Gomer bore another son, who God said to name Lo-Ami, which means not my people. In Hosea 1 and verse 9, God says, For you are not my people. You are not my people. And I will not be your God. One day, God would end his covenant relationship with Israel. But God would fulfill his covenant with Abraham. As he says in the next verse, 
Yet the number of my, yet the number in, in Hosea chapter 1 and verse 10, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sands of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There it shall be said to them, you are sons of the living God. I think I missed some of these verses. We know that in Romans, he says he is prophesying here about the kingdom of God that would come, which would also include the Gentiles. So why would God name these three children after prophecies like this? Well, God loved Israel. And he wanted them to hear and remember these prophecies so that some of the people would hear them and be saved. They would turn and they would change. What better way to get you to remember something, to give them names by these prophecies? Well, he hoped. He hoped Israel would change. And Hosea hoped that Gomer would change. She did not. Unfortunately, Gomer went back to her harlotry. She turned again to the lovers she had before. And she went back to this life of sin and prostitution. And what Gomer did made Hosea very angry. And In the book of Hosea, we see Hosea's anger at his wife for what she did to him. Next to God's anger at Israel for doing the same thing spiritually. In Hosea chapter 2 and verse 2, he says, Bring charges against your mother, bring charges. For she is not my wife, nor am I her husband. And then in verse 8, God says, For she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine, and oil. Speaking of Israel here. And I multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Baal was probably the most popular false god or idol in Canaan at the time. And Israel became fascinated by these gods of the Canaanites. And they were taking the good things that God had given them and sacrificing them to these idols. God said, if you're going to use what I give you in this perverse way, I'm going to take it away. Starting in Hosea chapter 4, God lays out his charges against Israel. First he says the priests aren't reading my word anymore. They're not reading the law that I gave them. 
And so they're not preaching it to the people. They're not telling the people what I said. He said the people perished for lack of knowledge. And he's going to take the priesthood away from them. And so now he says, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 12, he says, My people ask counsel from their wooden idols, and their staff informs them. He says, you're, you're talking to a piece of wood instead of me. He says, For the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray, and they have played the harlot against their God. And God says, because of this, he will pour out his wrath on Israel like water. He said they've begotten pagan children who do not know the Lord. So God was withdrawing from them. He said they will seek him and they will not find him until they acknowledge their offenses against him. And then in chapter 6, Hosea pleads with Israel, saying, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that, way, that we may live in his sight. In chapter 7, God said he would have healed them already, but none of them calls to me. In verse 9, he says that they have mixed themselves with the Canaanites who have taken away their strength. God says that Israel is like an old man who doesn't know, he doesn't realize how weak he is now. And when God brought them out of Egypt and into the land of Canaan, they took one city after another with ease because God was fighting for them. But then they turned away from God and forgot him, and they still thought they were strong. And the next time they tried to fight a battle, the enemy wiped them out. And then when the Assyrians and the Egyptians saw how weak they were, they demanded tribute from Israel. Demanded they pay them regularly so that they would not overtake them. They were like slaves again to the Egyptians and the Assyrians. And this gave, made God very angry with them. After all he had done to set them free, they went back to slavery. And he says in Hosea chapter 7 that he's not going to save them again. Not while they're rebelling against him. And then Israel tried to mix. They tried to mix up the, 
worship of God with the sacrifices to these false gods of Canaan. And in 1 Kings chapter 12, it talks about how King Jeroboam took and had them make these two calves out of gold and set them up in Israel so that they could worship God through these golden calves and not have to go to Jerusalem where God told them to go. In Hosea chapter 8, we can read what God thought of this. God says from their silver and gold they made idols for themselves that they might be cut off. Your calf is rejected, O Samaria. My anger is aroused against them. God says in verse 7, they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. The stalk has no bud, and it shall never produce meal. Imagine having a field, and instead of planting wheat or some other grain in this field, you decide to plant wind to feed your family. Well, God says this is what Israel was doing. And he says they're going to reap more than they sow. They're going to reap a whirlwind. And it's going to destroy them. God said that one day Israel and even Judah would be carried away by their enemies. Because they have forgotten their maker. And then in chapter 9, Hosea tells God to do it. Destroy Israel. He says, dry up their wombs so that they don't have children anymore. Hosea, this was very personal to him. In verse 17, he says, My God will cast them away because they did not obey him. And they shall be wanderers among the nations. In chapter 10, he says they are guilty because their hearts are divided between worshiping God and worshiping the idols of the land. They won't decide between the two. And so they are guilty. It says, in the day of their destruction, they will call on the mountains to cover us. And on the hills fall on us. But then in verse 12, he pleads with Israel once again. 12 and 7. Hosea 10 and verse 12, he says, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. 
Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. And then in chapter 11, God recalls with fondness what it was like when Israel was young. God says, I taught Ephraim to walk, taking him by the arms. They did not know that I healed them. I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love. And I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. God says, I stooped down and fed them. God was like a loving father to Israel, taking them in his arms and healing them when they hurt themselves, bending down and feeding them. But then he says, they grew up and forgot all about me. They just forgot about me. When I read the words of God in Hosea, I get the anger that God has because of this spiritual harlotry they were committing against him. But also this great sorrow that God had. As a father who loves his children so much and they just won't have anything to do with him anymore. And then after all of these accusations that he made against them which were righteous and true and just after all of the things that he said, the destruction that was going to come upon them because of what they were doing. God says this in Hosea chapter 11 and verse 8. He says, how can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? My heart churns within me. My sympathy is stirred. I will not execute the fierceness of my, of my anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst. And I will not come with terror. In 13 and verse 14, he says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O oh, death, I will be your plagues. O oh, grave, I will be your destruction. As he said in Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1, out of Egypt, I called my son. The book of Matthew said this was a reference to Christ Jesus. 
God loves his people so much that he is not going to utterly destroy them. God says he looks, he's looking forward to a day that their hearts would return to him and he would save them forever. As he told Hosea that he would, in chapter 2 and verse 23, he says, Then I will sow for her, then I will sow her for myself in the earth, and I will have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. Then I will say to those who, had, who were not my people, You are my people. And they shall say, You are my God. Verse 16, and it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. I believe God is talking about this kingdom that is coming, the church which the Son of God himself would build. As the Apostle Paul wrote when he was talking about Husbands and wives, in the book of Ephesians, he says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. The Bible says we are the bride of Christ. So in the end, God did not forsake his people. But he found a way to redeem them, to buy them back from slavery, to purchase them through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. So then what about Hosea? Well, in chapter 3, God tells Hosea, to go and find his wife, Gomer, who has sold herself into slavery. And God says to love her again. Love her like the love I have for Israel. So in Hosea 3 and verse 2, Hosea says, So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. And so too will I be to you. You know, that must have been hard for Hosea to do. Swallow his pride like that, but he did. He did it. And I want to take a minute to just think about Gomer. You know, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it already, we are her in this story. She is who we are. 
She was a shameful woman. She made so many mistakes. A prostitute, a harlot. People looked down on. And there was no way that any good man would marry someone like her. But Hosea did. And he gave her a home. He gave her respect, a family, and children. And then she just threw it all away. She went back to her former love and her life of sin. But after the party was over, she had nothing. Those people left. And to survive, she had to sell herself as a slave. You know, at some point she might have wanted to go back home. But she couldn't. She was a slave. And even if she could somehow be free, there's no way Hosea would take her back. Not after what she had done. And so one day she's there in her tent and her owner comes in and tells her he sold her to another man. Go, he's outside. Go with him. And so as she's packing up her few meager belongings, maybe she's thinking about what this man might be like. What horrible things might he make her do? Will he beat her if she doesn't please him? That would have been a horrible life. And as she walks out of the tent, there she sees her husband with her children. Just compassion and mercy in his eyes, looking at her, waiting for her to bring her home. How could, how could he forgive her after what he, she had done? How could he love her again? Hosea learned compassion. He learned forgiveness and mercy from the God of mercy. He learned how to love from the God of love. Have you ever have you ever done something that you know God didn't want you to do? And you did it anyway. I have. Have you ever promised God that you would never do it again? And you did it again. 
And again, I have. Have you ever in shame thought God must be so disappointed in you? Have you ever wondered if maybe there remains no more sacrifice for sin? Not for you. I have. If you haven't, maybe someday you might. Maybe you know someone who feels this way. If you do remember the story of Hosea, remember this prophecy. And remember what God said. How can I give you up? How can I hand you over? No matter what you've done, God still loves you. He loves you so much. He's just waiting for you to come to him so he can bring you home. Gomer didn't deserve someone like Hosea. And we don't deserve someone like our God. I hope Gomer changed. I hope she became a good wife to him and loved him back. And I hope today that you are loving God back the way he is loving you. Hosea ends the book by saying, he who is wise will understand the things that he wrote. I hope this has given you some insight into the way God thinks and the way God loves you. And if you haven't been treating God the way you should, I hope you will change. I hope you will take this time to think about that and and make any changes you need to make in your relationship with him. We're going to sing a song now. If you have a prayer request, something you need to bring before the church spiritually, please come forward, sit on the front pews as we stand and sing.